You're listening to the Getting Ahead podcast, where you can listen and learn. And I'm your host, Simon Isoa. Welcome to the show. Each week on Getting Ahead podcast, we look into an interesting topic and interview some of the most interesting people in the world. And we turn their wisdom into actionable points for you to implement in your everyday life for you to be able to get ahead and grow. So this week's episode on Getting Ahead podcast is Tom Liebelt. Tom runs Smart Marketing. He has published over 5,000 Kindle books, built a successful SEO and online course marketing business, partnered with Muay Thai Champion, owned a coffee shop, a retail store, a record label, created a documentary, and released two albums of five hits on top 10 Polish radio. So, welcome to the show, Tom Levelt, and uh, it's an honor to have you here on the show, and uh, I'm fully psyched about the whole thing, and I know that there's a lot of things to learn from you, and I know the audience will enjoy the wisdom nuggets that we're going to get from you as well as a business man and owner and entrepreneur. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. So uh, you can just uh, tell us about yourself, maybe a little background story to give us a clearer picture of where you're coming from and uh, where you are at right now. Yeah, so background story. Um, we immigrated from Poland to America when I was around 10. Um, my parents took horrible jobs while I was in middle school and high school. So we were pretty much broke the whole time, you know, no, no business background. I went to college, did all that, um, had a record store, which I opened with a couple of friends. That was my first business. I was around 17 at the time. Um, then continued some of the college stuff, um, started working for a corporate businesses to figure out how to do sales. And after about three years of that, I think it was around 25, I went back into the business world and did a lot of stuff, man. I, I had a coffee shop. I, I did SEO, book publishing, um, all types of marketing. And then about seven years ago, we started niching down into course marketing. And about four years now, we went full-time into that. And we've been doing that ever since. And now we're starting to mess around with building a sauce and and some productized services. So it's been a long path, you know, but a lot of ups and, ups and downs. And yeah, yeah, like, like all of us. Yeah, of course, that's his usual uh, journey. So how long have you been running uh, this uh, SEO and online marketing course business for now? So the SEO business started about 13 years ago. Wow. So it's been a while. And then the marketing business about 10 years ago and the course marketing about seven years ago. So everything takes time, you know, yes. like, like, like it feels like everything is easy and, you know, it's, it's just going, but yeah, it's, it's, everything takes time. And, and one thing always builds upon the next, right? So back when I was starting the first SEO business, you know, things were very difficult. You know, I was learning my ropes. Now, if I start something new, I have so much experience, so much, you know, connections and things. I can always make things happen almost overnight. 
but that but that happens after a long time. It's this is not a you know, someone starting out, he's gonna have to go through the same thing I did, you know, which is yeah. a lot of mistakes. Yeah. That that's really encouraging to of course people like me as well as other people who are just starting up to know that okay, it takes time and uh, shouldn't give up. Because sometimes yeah. it looks as if it's not going anywhere, things are not working out exactly how you want it. It's really a challenge. Yeah, so the one thing I would um, maybe advise you on is stay on the same path as long as you can, right? And I don't mean stay in the same business. Yeah. I don't mean, you know, do what you've been doing the last you know couple of months, but basically the thing you don't want to do. And a lot of entrepreneurs do this is, you know, imagine yourself sitting on the bus, right? And, you know, when you first get on the bus, think of it as a new business. You get on the bus, you get in the front seat because you're new, right? You're just, you know. And with every year, you move one seat back because the goal is to be with the cool kids on the back of the bus, right? Yeah. But after about three, four years, you know, things become very, very difficult for a lot of people. And instead of moving from the fourth to the fifth seat, they keep sticking on the fourth seat because they can't push towards the fifth seat. And they look outside the window and they see a different bus, right? And, and that bus looks much happier. People look like they have money and, you know, there's a lot of bling and stuff. And what a lot of people do is they get off this bus to get on the next bus because it was, you know, it just looks much more fun. Yeah. But what they don't realize, they're usually going to get to the same spot, which is the fourth seat and get stuck again, right? and keep doing it over and over and over again. And a lot of people who are not successful, you know, they'll tell you like, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I have 15 years of experience. And you really look at them closely and you're like, no, you don't. You have three (laughs) years of experience five times. (laughs) Right? Like like you never got past the third seat. Yes. So, So when you learn some kind of a skill, and there's only a couple skills you really need for business, you know, marketing, sales, maybe copywriting. Like you really don't need everything else you can hire for. Yeah. You know, coding, customer service, all that nonsense. You can hire people for that. But if you have a couple of these skills and you start getting known in a niche, right? Which for me was sort of sort of like that SEO marketing, but basically getting clients for yes. people, right? Yeah. Either for small business, big business, e-commerce, courses, doesn't matter. You don't want to move away from a place where you're just getting known to a whole different field just because it became harder, right? Yeah. All right. Now, if, you're, if your industry is dying, which it happens sometimes, you might have to switch. But most people switch for the wrong reasons. And if you want to get a lot of money, you got to stick at one thing for quite some time, and then it's going to happen overnight. Yeah, that's, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, that's really good advice from coming from you, Tom. So according to your profile, you're in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Uh, I am in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. So what, what prompted you to go to this Thailand to start off or to continue your business? Uh, Thailand actually has nothing to do with my business at okay. all. Okay. So when I was in the States around maybe 10 years ago, I started getting bored. This is what happens to business people, right? We get bored very quickly with things. 
Oh. And I started thinking, because I've heard, you know, a lot of people traveling the world and, you know, seeing things, growing their businesses. I was like, I wonder if I can do that too. So initially I started moving around the States a bit to make sure if I can still sustain my business, you know, in the same time zone. Yeah. I was like, well, let me try Europe because the hours are still not too bad, right? Like there's an overlap, like yeah. maybe, you know, four hours, six hours. Yeah. And I lived in, I think, like eight or nine countries in Europe, you know, three months each just had like a very slow, great time. Wow. And when I felt very confident, I was like, now it's time for Asia. Because Asia, the time zone sucks with America. <laughs> yeah, you that's know? true. Like, yeah, the difference, <laughs> difference is much. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. So you have to have a very strong business. People need to want to work with you. Yeah. For you to be able to make that move. And yeah. when I felt, you know, confident enough, I moved and yeah, I'm, I'm fine now. Like if I don't feel like talking at 9 p.m., I don't talk at 9 p.m. If the client wants to go somewhere else, that's good. Have fun. You know, like I'm good. Yeah. But it, it took a long time. Like this is not something I would recommend. Just get up, pick up and move to, to Asia, you know. Yeah. And even in Asia, I moved to a lot of countries. I was in Japan. I was in Taiwan. I was in South Korea. I was in Vietnam. Wow. Thailand. Singapore, Malaysia, before I finally said, you know what? I like the area in Thailand the most. Let me just stick here for a bit. Wow. You must have been in more than a dozen countries so far. At least 25. But I mean, wow. I, in most of them, I've lived over a month, right? Some some yeah. of them four or five months, but it, like none of them, I came for a weekend. Like it was always like, I like to live like a local for a bit. Oh, journey, man. <laughs> it's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic it must, have, it must really be fun i mean i've always had that that dream of uh going to different places but uh you know that takes a lot of courage and a lot of funds as well uh but well, i think more courage time. than funds yeah more courage, more than, courage than funds <laughs> you have to keep uprooting yourself planting yourself somewhere else again over it. it's not uh, it's not an easy it, it can be fun but it takes courage like you said so, yeah, it's got diminishing returns. I'll tell you, yeah, that. it's yes. got diminishing returns. You know, after you've seen most of Europe and Asia and, and these places, you're like, well, they kind of all look the same now because yeah. you've been to all of them, right? And then you start realizing, okay, if I move again, I got to find the gym, mm -hmm. co working space, the grocery store, all these things which you kind of you know know already. And it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing that anymore. So that's, yeah. that's kind of when I stopped doing so much travel. Okay. Yeah, it comes to a point where you just prefer to just stick to where you are and work, just stick work. around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got bored of travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, with all your experience of being a business owner and all that, how quickly do you know which business idea is good? How quickly? As in, are there signs? Are there? Uh... Um. So this depends, right? You have to look at your business model. You know, if you open an agency, for example, you should be making money within a week. Wow. Because, I mean, if you have an offer that people like, all it is is getting that offer in front of them and give me the money, right? All right. If you're not great at sales, then okay, maybe three weeks. Okay. But you should know within a month if your agency's doing. If you're building a productized service, it might take you two or three months. To really get that going and get the systems in place. If you're building software, 
it could be even six to nine months, right? Because that yeah. the snowball effect is very slow. Like it's going to start moving straight line and then it's going to go up at some point, right? It's not right. like, like you won't get a thousand subscribers tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you might get one, then two, then four. And it, like I said, it just looks like a very straight line for a long time. But then you got to also think which business model is going to be your cash cow. Because usually if you want to build things, it's not cheap, right? So yeah. you need something which is going to be annoying, but it's going to bring a lot of money in. Yeah. And then you got to build something else, which will not be annoying to build, but it's going to take a while to fund and scale, right? Right. So usually you want to have a combination of two. Hopefully some kind of a service business where you can make a lot of money quickly and then fund something that scales, make an exit. Then you take your laptop, you throw it in the ocean and you're done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you move on to, on to the next one. <laughs> no, then you move on to what you really want to do with your life. Yeah, that's really, that's really a great idea. So, but how do you know when exactly to exit such a business? Well, it depends, right? Like at this moment, a lot of people that I have known exited from their Amazon businesses. Yeah. And why? Because the valuations didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. If someone's giving you $4 million for a business that's worth 500,000, this is when you sell. Yeah. Right. If you have a business that the valuations are not good, you wait, unless you have to, you wait. Because you gotta remember when you exit and if it's not a big enough amount, even if it is a big enough amount, you have no more cash coming in. So for yeah. a lot of people, it's very strange. You know, Now you're looking at this big chunk of money and like, instead of thinking how much money will I make, all you do is thinking, how am I not gonna lose this money? Cause this is all I've got. Yeah. Right. So it, it becomes a little strange too. And I've seen people with quite a bit of money having that dilemma. Like, how, what, what do I do now? Like, how do I live for the rest of my life for this money? Right. So once again, if you see a crazy valuation in your space, you sell. Right. Yeah. It's like with stocks. You know, if you buy an AMC stock, you know, that garbage stock with the movie theater, right. And it's valued at five bucks. But people, for some reason, are seeing it at $60, just like Dogecoin, right? That, yeah. that garbage coin. Yeah, yeah. You sell. You sell. <laughs> when it's insane, <laughs> when you see insanity, this is when you sell. <laughs> yeah, before the valuation drops. Before, yeah. You want to you wanna go sell into peak insanity. That's the best time, right? Yeah. When everyone's like, you know, I'm going to make millions, that's your time to start as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. So you have to really watch the signs, trends, and all that and really yeah. be on, to, on your toes so that you exit at the right moment. It's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I've seen people trying to sell their business for three years. Wow. And the valuation was just not there. And then all of a sudden, you know, the last five, six months, instead of getting a 5X, they got a 20X. So everyone's like, yes, please take it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I've been trying to sell my business for three years and then... <laughs> suddenly somebody comes at the business picks up valuation picks up i would sell immediately because uh, yeah you would sell right yeah. and then you know i sometimes feel sorry for the people buying this stuff but <laughs> whatever <laughs> it's business <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, look, I just feel like seriously, you you put a 20x valuation on this garbage, but okay. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so in the online uh, course uh, segment, uh, what are the three things that separate every successful online course from one that is failing? Because it's something I've been looking into as well, and uh, it's kind of competitive and quite a lot of challenges there. I mean, there's a couple different things. Like the, the first one that I see, usually people don't treat it as a business, right? So they think, I'm just going to put something out and people will just come and take it, you know, because everyone's selling courses. And yeah. that doesn't happen almost ever. <laughs> but the main thing is people just skipped steps on the path to making a course, right? So when you think of a course creator, this is the path you usually want to take. Initially, you have a service where you do all the work for the client. Most annoying. This is usually the cash cow. You know, within three weeks, you should make money. The second step is you have a service and you do it with the client, right? So you're you're trying to reduce your amount of work, right? Save money. The third one, you want to move into one-on-one coaching, right? You're no longer doing any work and you're still getting paid the same, right? The fourth one is one-on-one coaching, but you have developed a method now, right? So you use the initial one-on-one coaching to kind of figure out a good method. So you now can give this to everyone that comes in and they have some kind of a outcome that they want. The next step is group coaching using the method that you've developed, right? So now you're just trying to get a big group, some kind of a live bootcamp and, and run them through that. The step after this is the online course. So now you have all the social proof, a proven method, you've done group coaching, and it's super, super easy now to put out a course and have people take it. What most people do, public speakers, educators, they go straight from, hey, I haven't done anything, to let's do group coaching and online courses. And they often have problems right? Because they've never done the initial steps. And what they don't understand is that if you're a normal teacher, or if you're a public speaker, someone else is doing the job to put asses in seats, right? Some school is making sure people come in and listen to you. Some conference is making sure people come in and listen to the public speaker, like you actually haven't done anything. You know, you're usually teaching theories. So those people don't have an easy time. And the, the third thing I would say is just overcomplicating stuff, overcomplicating, you know, the, the whole funnel and everything. Like you don't need so much stuff to sell anything. As long as you have a good outcome, some case studies, testimonials, you know how to grab attention. You can create a very easy path. Like I've seen courses that have like two page funnels. Oh. You know, I've seen someone that actually has shown social proof for a long time, let's say on Twitter. And they just send people to a page that's got only a checkout on it because everybody knows what they're going to get from this person. Right. So uh, just overcomplicating things, right? Like I've seen people build, build courses nobody asked for with like 10 page funnels, 50 emails, and no one buys. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, no one asked you to build it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the, that's one of the things I'm also looking at. How do you, how do you know, 
how do you find out which courses people are asking for? Well, this, it depends, right? Like if you go through the path, I told you the first path, if you can sell group coaching, you can sell online courses. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy. You can, if you are in a different niche, right? So there's a couple different things I look for places where you get external motivation to take a course. So for example, if I want to get a life insurance job in the U S right. Or if I want to get an accounting job in the U S you have to pass an exam. It's a requirement to get the job, right? So if you know this and you can prep people like, Hey, my course will teach you how to pass this life insurance exam. You solved a lot of these issues because one, they urgently need this because the job told them to take it Two, external motivation. The job said, if you don't pass it, you won't get the job. Third, you know what the value is, right? If I get the life insurance job, I'm going to be making $3,000 a month or 4,000. I don't need to tell you how much it's worth, right? So it solves that issue. Another thing is if you're doing something which is more skilled, right? Like calligraphy, watercolors, creative writing, like just, just something a little more soft skilled, right? Not, you know, not, not like making money or pass the exam. Usually if someone lives in a small town, they do not have access to experts, right? Like yeah. if I'm trying to learn Japanese calligraphy and I'm in like Iowa or in some small town in Germany, there's no one in my town that's good enough to teach me this stuff. Right. So I'm looking outside. I am looking online because there's no one here. Yeah. Then I have two options. I can go to the master in Japan, which is going to be what? $6,000 flight. If I want to go business two weeks, Airbnb is another couple thousand and then take the class or I can just take it online. Yeah. Right. Because you don't have many options. The third thing I found is, and this is only for a couple of niches, but if you can find some kind of a forum or community online that's super engaged, but it looks like it was built 20 years ago, that's a very good place to go. Okay. You know, like, like I've seen a course, uh, I think it was a knitting that we marketed and the community that we kind of seen around it was, it looked like it was straight up built during the Yahoo days, right? This was like years, years back. Yeah. 20, 30,000 people, super excited, communicating every day. But the thing was built ages ago and it was a hungry audience. Yeah. Right. So different paths, you know, it depends on on where you are. Okay. That's great. Thank you, Tom, for that uh, insight. Uh, Like you said, you've been in SEO for years. So, what are the essential SEO things that every website needs and why for most businesses ongoing SEO is a waste of money? A couple of things. Look, SEO is very simple in a lot of ways. You know, things change, you know, like algorithms change, but overall it's simple. You know, they, they're looking for engagement on, on site, right? So articles, videos that engage people, you know, keep them on site longer a bit of a high school popularity contest, right? So yeah. good backlink. Yeah. Just getting that speed is huge, right? Yeah, you want a fast website. Yeah, yeah. 
and the site needs to be organized well. Like Google's algorithm needs to go through the website and be like, everything makes sense. We know what this website's about. And you really don't need too much, man. Like at some point, it's it's like travel. It's going to be diminishing returns. Yeah. If you have a very well-organized website with decent content, let's say 100 articles that actually people read, yeah, um, pretty good backlinks, eventually people are going to give you backlinks and things by themselves. And by you going and trying to get 10 more, it's not going to move the needle anymore. Yeah. You know? And if you do the hard work initially... Uh, when you're ranking in the first two, three spots, it's very difficult for someone else to outrank you. It's easy to get into the top 10 or 20, but it's very hard to get those initial spots. Yeah. So for a lot of uh, niches, it's just doesn't make sense to keep doing it. Once you got to the point you want to be in, it's going to be hard for anyone to kick you out anyways. So, yeah. But you know, staying in the top ten at least the first page is also not easy because a lot of people keeps uh, keep updating their SEO, updating backlinks. But I know that when you get to a point, the older your website, the more quality backlinks you have, the more keywords you you are ranking for. Definitely, get getting kicked out of the first page will be very difficult. And uh, yeah. like you said, SEO is also a long term game. It's not something that one month two months for a website to get to unless you just want to keep buying backlinks and all that yeah it's a long-term thing but i also gotta just throw this in i am talking only about the u.s seo market because that's what i know yeah when when i've seen and i played around a little bit in other countries you know australia europe asia the algorithm's like 10, 10 or five years behind the US market. Like you can still get kicked out of the first page pretty quickly and jump yeah. in and do nonsense. In the US, it doesn't really work anymore. Okay. Right. So if you get into that top one, two spots, it's going to take someone six, seven months of really hard work to even move you a little bit. Yeah. Right. It's a bit of a different market, but I get that. If you're, if you're in one of the little bit behind markets, yeah, it's, it's it's the wild west still. Yeah, it's the wild west because I keep like, today I'm in top ten. Tomorrow I come back top twenty. I have to go do some more work. I come back again top ten. It's really, it's really wild and uh, yeah, gets so, frustrating sometimes. Sort of. So this is when I started my SEO business in the states about thirteen years ago. That's the market that we were in, yeah. and I loved it. It's no better time to start an SEO business than if you're in that market. Yeah. Because for me in the US to get you into the top one, it's going to take you two, three years. <laughs> yeah. if, I'm in that, if I'm in that market where I used to be, I could just go a little crazy with backlinks and I'm going to show the client, look, next week you're in top 10 now, right? Yeah. Things jump like crazy. Yeah. So uh, those markets are actually much better for people starting out in SEO. It's much yeah, easier, yeah. especially yeah, much local easier. business, right? Think of like a gas station in your city. That's not going to be a competitive market. You can get that person ranking within like two weeks or three weeks, and they're going to be like, wow, this is great. I'm number one now. Yes, that's, that's great. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see your point. That's the opportunity there because it's easier to to rank in uh, more less developed markets compared to the US because uh, once you do your tweaks here and there you add some key key words and all that it's really yeah, make it. an impact 
Yeah. So what I did back then is I would look for these opportunities, right? Like I lived around Atlanta at that time. So I looked at the small towns around Atlanta, which were not competitive. And I would just go to like every, you know, mechanic, gas station, Indian restaurant, because I knew that with just a little bit of work, they're going to be number one. Yeah. All I had to do is just make sure that it's, you know, it's showing their city, you know, like, uh, one one small town was called like Athens. So would be like just make sure we say Athens Indian restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just add, just add, yeah. Just add up all those things, and then it pops up. Yeah, there. easy. Yeah, it easy, pops easy. so easy. Yeah. Mm. So that was my game back then. It was just super easy to get these like low competition businesses ranking. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I I, I like that uh, that uh, strategy. So for you, another for your in your own opinion. Um, why, why we all need to stop listening to internet marketers? Because like you said, uh, once you learn something, you, you, you have experience and knowledge on it, but why do you think that we, internet marketers, are they, are they positive, are they, what would I say? Do they bring a lot of positivity, a lot of value to you as an individual, somebody who has learned some of these things on the internet? and has sales and marketing background or, have, or has built up the skill in those two segments. So there's a couple of thoughts on that. Um, the first one, and you probably know this already, most of these internet marketers that you listen to, they don't listen for, they don't, they don't talk for themselves. They copy what everyone else is saying. So for example, if a new book comes out and now someone said you need to get a tripwire, and charge $5 for that, they're all going to start mimicking it. And all of them are going to be like, yeah, build tripwire, the new tactic, build tripwire. Yeah. If one of them does a good job with a webinar and that's the new thing, every webinar. single one of them is going to repeat the same thing. There's zero thinking for themselves. Yeah. So you're basically copying what everyone else is doing. And then you're going to get the same results as everyone else, which is not much. Yeah. The second thing is, and I, I look at this just by thinking of my own path, right? I can lay out everything I've done for myself, right? Over the last five years. If I try to copy that now, my own path, what I've done five years ago, and I copy it exactly for the next five years, I'm still going to have a different result. Yes. So if I can't even copy what I've done, and have the same result, how in the world are you going to have the same result copying me? Yeah, that's, that's, that's right? correct. So with the internet marketers, you're copying what they're trying to sell you and you're not even going to get close to yeah, what right. they you know, because what most of them sell is not what they do also. Of course, uh, they won't want, right? they, if they sell, if they give you the secrets then they won't sell anymore now. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, there's really no secrets. Yeah, right? they basically know that you are looking for secrets. Yeah, they know how to present themselves in front of you. They know how to bait you with the secret. And in the end, there is no secret. Yeah, that's true. But you're still sold. And you're still like, Oh, wow, I learned something because yeah, I can I can give you some insights, present them as a secret. And you're going to come out of it like, wow, I'm much smarter now. But still hasn't changed anything for you. Yeah, that's true. Right. So this is a problem with internet marketers. Now, if you listen to some of the people going against the grain that give you stuff about like how they think, 
yeah, that's that's helpful, but I don't really see any marketers doing that. Yeah. Barely ever. You know, they don't give you their thought process. They don't tell you, you know, there, there's a few, but it's barely ever. All the yeah. common ones are going to repeat the same nonsense. If online courses are popular now, they're going to start teaching you how to create and sell online courses. Yeah. And they're all going to say the same stuff and you're going to have very weak results because you're doing the same stuff as like 100,000 other students. Right? So this is why personally, I, I barely listen to anyone um, like that. Yeah, just go with your gut and uh, also research and all that. Yeah, go with your own testing, you know, like your own gut, your own experience, and then your own testing. Testing yeah. will show you a lot more than yeah, that's true. anyone's insights, yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So how do you make your business anti-fragile? Well, the first thing you need to get away from is taking shortcuts. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and, I, and I've done this before because who doesn't like shortcuts? Right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very easy building your business around Facebook or around yeah. Amazon, or around Google, yeah. LinkedIn, around some affiliate, around some connection with a platform or some, some software that's getting you clients. It's, it's super easy, right? Yeah. But in the end, if one of those goes and that's your business, you have no business. And it happened to me, I think, two or three times already before I learned that I will no longer rely on anyone or anything for my business. Yeah. So with my marketing company, you know, we made sure with my team that we come up with a good system of getting clients. We figure out exactly who our audience is. And then we get that message out everywhere we can, right? We get it on the podcast. We get it on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on social. So if any of these goes away, yeah, maybe I'll lose 7%. Yeah. But I'm not going to waste any sleep about it. I'll be like, okay, cool. We'll figure it out tomorrow. My business yeah. is completely safe. Yeah, because you spread out your resources across yeah. various uh, channels. Yeah, but the thing is, I dialed in the message, right? Because that's the most important thing. You have to dial in the path and the message and and the way you sell. So now, whether someone comes into organic or or AdWords or Facebook or LinkedIn, anything, we know exactly what to say to them to take the next step and get them into our own properties, right? Whether it's our emails, our website, you know, but things we own. Yeah. And at that point, we no longer care, right? Because it's the client's ours. Yeah, the client's is yours. Once you get the client, that's the most important thing. That's it, yeah. So that's the main thing, you know, and, and it takes longer. It's going to take you much longer to develop your own path and property than going on Udemy or going on Facebook or, you know, just, hey, I'll set up a Facebook group. It's easier. Yeah. Well, you don't own anything now. So of course, good luck. yeah, <laughs> good luck. And Facebook can change anything, anytime. Yeah, but you still yeah. get people saying that you sh- you should use uh, social media to your own advantage, uh, but not like you said, you don't own it, but not uh, build put everything hundred percent on another person's uh, database and all that. So I understand your point. Darling, the message which is where I think email is really, is really uh, uh, what do you call important or key 
when it comes to dialing yeah, but, as well. but you also got to figure out too like what works for you right and i'll give you this example you know everyone all the internet experts tell you you need to get the lead magnet going right for your business yeah, yeah. well i think that sucks and it doesn't work for my business well here's what happens with lead magnets one people are so sick of lead magnets yeah. that the conversions are actually really really weak on them these days yeah, so. two if you're offering free stuff you're going to get a bunch of people that only want free stuff yes three you have no idea if these will ever be potential clients just because someone got a checklist on how to run a business or something does have nothing to do with what you're selling half the time, right? Yeah, right. So for us, what we've done is we actually run people straight to our services page. Okay. And when they go to our services page, they have to apply for a call. And to do that, they have to fill out a couple of questions about themselves. So our email list is made up of only people who are already halfway done with the looking for a service. Maybe they haven't booked a call. Maybe we didn't want to work with them yet. Maybe something happened, but our list is full of people who only want to work with us. That's brilliant. So that means your, your lead magnet is only on your services page. Yeah. It's not even lead magnet. It's a quiz. It's a quiz where I'm yeah. asking you about stuff to know more about you before we even talk. So I have all the information about every single person and every one of them actually wants in some way or form either work with us or need help with online course marketing. Yeah, that's it's brilliant. Very that's specific. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And they because... get nothing. They get nothing for free. They get yeah. nothing from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Because like you said, somebody was to go to your services page, it means the person is already interested in getting a service from you guys. Yeah. That's it. I, I like so that. that's that's what we push for. And yeah, we maybe pay four times more than you would get for a person getting a lead magnet. Yeah. But this is a potential client. Yeah. No need having a thousand subscribers and nope. none. None is a potential nope. as a client. Uh, that, that's no, great. I'd, I'd rather have 300 potential clients than 10,000 who knows who. I'm yeah. That's 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 good. That's brilliant. So, why do you think the information age is done, and what do you think we should focus on now? Well, the main thing is with with courses and things, you're selling outcomes now. Information's free on YouTube. Information's free everywhere. Like you, you, you can look at things up. How do I change the muffler on my car? Go on YouTube. Yeah. How do I fix this software? Go on YouTube. Google Drive, how do I copy stuff? Go on YouTube. You know, like, you don't, no one pays for information anymore. Yeah. That's done, man. Like, you, you need to actually get someone like, hey, would you like to get a thousand Instagram followers and make two of them your clients and each one paying you a thousand dollars? That's a course. Yeah, that's a course. Right. And I've seen a course like that, exactly a course like that, making $40,000 per month. Whoa. Yeah, because they're selling an outcome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really crazy. But how do you, you know, online courses are very competitive markets. So how do you, well, the market is everywhere, but how do you mark out your own uh, clients and build your market or your brand to the point whereby people trust you and say, yes, 
that's uh, uh, if I'm getting a course from this um, uh, this uh, company, it is uh, reliable and trusted that I'll get value for my money. You want the truth? Yeah. You're not gonna like the answer, though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm, that's why we are here to learn the truth. Uh, whether we like the answer or not, truth is the truth. We can't change the facts. Consistency. Okay. Showing up. That's it. That's okay. that's ninety percent of the battle. Look, when people go online, it's it's a little bit less than before. But when people go online, they expect a lot of scams. They expect a lot of nonsense. They expect that you might disappear tomorrow. Yeah. Right. By showing up every single day. And whenever they come back, oh, maybe he's got a new video. Maybe I see him on social again. Maybe he's just done a different interview, like I'm doing this one. Yeah. Over many years, many years, right? that barrier goes away. And this is why I said, when you stick with something a bit longer and just when you start getting known and when people just get comfortable with you, don't switch. Yeah. Because that's when things compound and my business now becomes easier every week. Yeah. You know, if someone looks me up, let's say they went to my services page and, you know, they looked at my bio and they fill out the form, they book the call with me, and they put my name into Google. Well, they're going to see what 80 interviews, yeah. all these different pages, you know, and, and it becomes much easier. Like, I don't need to sell them on me anymore. Like, yeah. this guy's not going anywhere. Yeah, that's correct. You know, which is half the battle. So a lot of the people that signed up on my email list, through being a prospect and maybe they cancel the call because they just, oh, I'm not ready for this yet. Yeah. After getting emails from me over the last three years, now I'll send emails all the time, but you know, every one or two months, you're going to get something from me. Yeah. A lot of people after two years, they'll be like, okay, I'm ready to work with Tom. He obviously knows what he's doing. He's not yeah. going anywhere. He doesn't yeah. rip people off. He's not disappearing. And it just becomes much, much easier. All right, so that's that's half the battle, man. Consistency and showing up. Um, it's really been great, Tom. I mean, you've really dropped some wisdom nuggets here, and I'm really excited that uh, you actually took out the time to 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 grace us with your presence and all that. And uh, I'm sure the audience have learned a lot. I know I've learned a lot, and uh, definitely, I hope you come back again sometime soon. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, I'll definitely uh, yeah, keep but... in touch with you. Yeah, and, and I mean, update me, you know, like I, I like to know what people are doing, you know, after six months, a year, because, you know, things change, you know, yeah, you yes. could be running a successful agency in two, three years or a different business. I mean, things change, you know, yeah, stick yeah. With it. so I'm, I'm always curious, too. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's great. Well. Tom Libels, everybody, and uh, he has been here, he's been around, he's been a long time on the SEO gig as well, and uh, he can be reached on his handles. I'll drop your links as well in the when I post publish this as well. And uh, super, super excited of all the things you've said today, Tom, and uh, thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So... Thank you. Have a wonderful day and uh, definitely yep. I'll keep in touch. All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye.
If you haven't subscribed to our show, please do so, so that you can receive an alert every time we drop a new episode. Now, whatever platform you listen to us on, please drop us a review because that will help us to make this show better. Now, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as Simon Isora or on Instagram as Sims300. This is Simon and that's a wrap.